Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. Uh, I've got a cool episode, which I'm gonna tell you about in a second, but a quick story first. When my father owned Tremont Paint, and, and those of you who follow along know that I was the fourth generation Tremont Paint, which was always in the Bronx, New York, was uh, my great-grandparents' business, uh, started in 1907. But my father owned the store and, and right in the late 60s, early 70s, the Bronx was getting to be a, a pretty rough place. And where they were in sort of the South Central Bronx on Claremont Parkway at the time, if you, if you know the area at all, uh, where they were had gotten particularly rough. And it had gotten to the point where they actually wouldn't let you in the store unless they knew you. And, and so if you came to the store, they didn't care if you had, you know, a, a handful of cash in one hand and a handful of Benjamin Moore color cards in the other. If they didn't know you, they wouldn't let you into the store because crime had just gotten so bad at the time in the Bronx. And, you know, anybody who wants to know the history, you can just go watch the movie uh, Fort Apache, the Bronx, or, or any of the other in that genre. There were a few at the time. And the Bronx was a really rough place. And and so my father wanted out of there. The business had changed dramatically. Uh, they were still doing a lot of, of commercial paint supply, apartment buildings in New York City and all around the Bronx, the museums and the hospitals. But retail business had evaporated because obviously with a policy of refusing to unlock the front door, you know, you didn't have much of an opportunity for retail business. And, you know, like your businesses now, it's great to sell paint at the time for $10 a gallon, but it's even better to sell it for 13. And, and so there's a real need for retail business. It's, it's money up front. It's a higher margin, helps your cash flow. It makes for a healthier, more well-rounded business. And my father and I had an uncle at the time in the business, they saw the effects that, that the situation in the Bronx were having. And so they went about the business of looking for a new location and, and right about that time, there was a store in the Riverdale section of the Bronx, which is the one that I knew, you know, over the course of my life, that store there, there was a store available for sale in the Riverdale section of the Bronx. And my, my father and my uncle, and, and actually my grandfather too, and in what was probably his, his last bit of business at Tremont Paint, they bought that store and then my grandfather retired and just my father and my uncle moved on. That store was bought from a woman named Miriam Kadoff. And Miriam Kadoff and her husband, Hi Kadoff, have an interesting story. They were in the paint business forever. Uh, their son ended up with a long career at Benjamin Moore, obviously introduced through, their, uh, through his parents' time in the paint business. But they, uh, uh, at the time that they sold the store to my father, they weren't really interested in, in leaving the business. The husband had had some health problems and, and he needed to get out, but they weren't looking to retire. They weren't retirement age. And so my father needing somebody in the store anyway to uh, help him uh, take care of the retail business, take care of the wallpaper and a lot of other things that, that they didn't have any experience dealing with in a very commercial uh, paint store kept the people that they bought the store from, the Kadoffs, kept them on. And I remember them well. Miriam Kadoff was a beautiful woman with just uh, enormous amounts of charm, incredible, incredible uh, intellect, very sharp in a conversation. She worked for uh, my father for probably around 10 years after he bought the store. 
not long after she retired or moved on, I don't, I don't recall the circumstances, my mother ended up coming into uh, work for Tremont Paint and she handled all of that aspect of the business, all the decorating needs and the wallpaper were particularly her specialty, but just handling particularly the, the female customers that came into the store that were looking for decorative guidance, which is not part of the business that my father had any experience with. And so those are the stores, the store that I'm telling you about that my father bought in, like I said, around 1968 or 70, that's the store that I remember from my youth. That's the store that I grew up in. And so I remember Miriam Kadoff. And of course, I remember uh, my mother working in that store. And so it wasn't unusual to me. It didn't occur to me that women involved in the paint business as independent paint retailers didn't strike me as anything particularly unusual. And it wasn't until I became older, left the business, came back as a full-time employee, that would have been somewhere in the late 1980s, maybe early, maybe early 1990s. When I came back into the business full-time and I started attending you know, national hardware shows and, and locally we had a buying group called Paint Fair, we would attend their shows as well as All Pro and any of the other groups that I might've been involved with. It wasn't until I was involved full-time that I recognized that our industry is dominated by men. And so even though women represent 50% of the population of the United States and, and they've climbed into a very large, I'm not sure the statistics, but I'm sure close to equal position in the economy in general, but still our little niche has stayed primarily men. And in the last few years, I've started to see that change. When you go to all pro shows, you see not just more women dealers, and there are many uh, now, but also women employees in, in key positions. And, and so that was something that you just didn't see 10 and 15 and 20 years ago. And so I thought that that was cool, that that is becoming a, a thing now. And, and so I thought it'd be interesting to talk to two female paint dealers and talk about the different experiences that, that they've had being women in a male dominated field. And so at the uh, All Pro Show this past March at the virtual All Pro Show, I was actually able to connect with two independent retailers, two members of All Pro who are women paint dealers. And so uh, Ash Ebo, Ash has uh, stores in Austin, Texas, uh, currently home of my uh, daughter Buckwheat, her and her father. And I think there were some other family members uh, involved in that business, Clemens Paint. And, and in Louisville, Kentucky, we have Pam Schultes. And Pam has got a very different business from sort of your typical, you know, Benjamin Moore or Pratt and Lambert uh, independent paint retailer. Pam's business is industrial coating supply. And so even though they are a paint store, they, they have that just that specialty. And so the, the two of them agreed uh, when I told them the topic, the two of them agreed to sit with me for a podcast, which I've just done now. And I'm actually amped up. They did such a great job. And it was so terrific to listen to them and, and have them share their perspectives on, on what it's like being, uh, uh, being a woman and in Ash's case, being a, a young woman in a field that's dominated by men. 
And so I'm thrilled with the way this episode came out. I'm not going to talk that long. I'm going to hand it over to them. Uh, but but give it a listen and and uh, like and subscribe if it's if you're if you're liking what I'm putting out there. And shoot me an email. Shoot me a text. Let me know what you think and let me know what you want to hear about next. Thanks everyone for joining me today. Uh, with me today, I have two guests on my episode. Uh, the first one is Ash Ebo. Ash is uh, one of the owners of Clements Paint in Austin, Texas. Ash, how are you today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here and hook them horns, baby. Hook them horns, yep. And so our second guest with me today is uh, Pam Schultes. And Pam is uh, the owner of HPP Industrial in Louisville, Kentucky. Pam, thank you for joining me today. Well, I'm excited. This is the first time I've participated in a podcast and it sounds like fun. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it with you guys. If you don't mind, we're, we can just get started. I'd love to hear, Pam, I'll, I'll ask you to go first. I'd, I'd love to hear, starting with just a little bit of the history of, of how you guys got into the paint business. The origin of this podcast episode was that you guys are somewhat of an anomaly. You know, the industry is dominated, generally speaking, by men. And so I thought we would have a little conversation about uh, what it's like to be a woman in the paint business. And so why don't you start by just telling us how you got here? Well, I was excited to be invited. And I have to confess, I Googled Ash. And I think it's going to be interesting because we're two different generations of women in a male-dominated field. And I'm anxious to hear how our experiences are the same or different. So I got into industrial coatings because Straight out of college, I worked for my dad for 17 years, and we had a small fiberglass fabrication company, which got me in the corrosion-resistant field. I left that company in 2000 and became an independent rep for corrosion-resistant coatings, just kind of a stepping stone from what I did before. And then fast forward to 2019, and the opportunity presented itself for me to purchase a company company I was an independent rep for because that owner was in the process of planning and retiring and the timing just was perfect and that's how I ended up here but I did have a 20 plus year relationship with the business as an independent rep working through them I was I was already integrated in a little bit as an outsider I just had to kind of like have a permanent office in the building and so now you so you're new to being an independent dealer then. You've only I'm been a dealer for be, a year or two. Correct, because all the work I did before was as a manufacturer's rep, not as a stocking distributor. And then my previous experience would have been in a job shop fabrication environment, which is similar, but not at all the same. And so while you and I are chatting, and we'll get to you, Ash, in a second, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about HPP as a business? Because I know you guys are a little different than your typical independent paint retailer. We are. I commonly refer to myself and almost every business I've been involved in as a square peg in a round hole. So we are a stocking distributor, more like a warehouse. So we don't really have like a storefront. We're more of an industrial warehouse. And we do have a will call counter and we do have some merchandise on display like I'm sure Ash does in all of her stores, but it's on a much smaller scale. We cater mostly to contractors, installers, and it's in a heavy industrial environment. So the customers I call on aren't really always the painting contractor. I deal with the park companies, the chemical plants, 
it's water and wastewater. And so when we market, we would be exhibiting in industrial shows and we do engineering presentations. So we're a little bit different, but the support I'm sure is all the same that other businesses like us offer. Delivery, inventory, technical support. Right. Does that and, kind of answer that? Yeah, the fabulous. And and so Ash, uh, I know a little bit of your history, but I'm I'm hoping a few more people listen to this episode than just the three of us. So why don't you fill in everybody else and and tell us? I know a little bit about uh, your father. I guess started the business, and then take it from there. Yeah, my dad opened. He actually he opened as a Martin Senior store in 1986. Dan Calkins, the CEO of Benjamin Moore, was his first uh, sales rep. He came to call on my dad and get him to switch over to Benjamin Moore. I think he switched over, I want to say, in 1989, and he's been, we've been going strong ever since. Uh, he had one location up until 2008. He acquired a second. And then from 2012 until now, we've opened three more, and or we have a fourth on the line. It should be open hopefully July 1st. I got in. To the business, I moved back to Austin in, in 2012, um, and that's when I got a little more involved. My brother-in-law has been working with us for a year or two longer than that, I believe. And two of us and my dad, I mean, between the three of us, we, uh, we're just working on growing the business as much as we can. Um, but we sell primarily Benjamin Moore paint. We also do, obviously, sundries and, you know, some other lines for you know, wood coatings or um, industrial coatings, things like that. At and so are you guys more uh, like a traditional uh, paint store? Uh, so like your sort of your typical all pro dealer, you're selling primarily to painting contractors, schools, hospitals, yes. and DIY? Yes. And yeah, what we, other lines do you deal with other than Benjamin Moore, if any? I mean, we sell some PPG, uh, it, you know, it's, uh, the Prolux line, we sell Sanson, um, so, yeah, we sell, you know, some Rust-Oleum as far as, uh, and then, you know, some more niche items like uh, one-shot sign paints, stuff like that. Um, and that's our, our coatings offerings and then sundries, you know, we sell the gamut on that. And is your father still active in the business? What, what role oh, yes. do you play in the business? So my dad's very much still active. Uh, we are slowly taking things off of his plate as we go, but he, he still does a lot uh, around the office and everything. Um, for me personally, I do uh, some of the light bookkeeping, I do payables, a little bit of the HR, I handle all the health insurance and stuff for the employees, as well as, you know, I fill in at a store if somebody's out or, I mean, I run, you know, transfers around or just really whatever, whatever needs to get done. You're a paint retailer. And in my experience, that means one day you're negotiating deals for truckloads and the next day you're cleaning the toilets. It, exactly. It, at least that is, that's what it was like for me in the Bronx. Well said, yes. Ash, we can start with you. Do you, you feel like you're having any uh, unique experiences, uh, you know, being a woman in, in a position that traditionally had been a man's role? It can be challenging. Sometimes I, I feel like, uh, you know, it takes a little bit more to, uh, Earn people's respect, prove my knowledge. I think that people have sort of an expectation um, coming in. Um, it used to be uh, I'd walk around all pro and they'd be like, "Oh, you're you know you're just one of the wives or something like that." And you know now everybody knows me, so it doesn't happen anymore. But I mean, it 
to some extent, everybody has to, to prove themselves before they can be taken seriously. But I think sometimes it's a little bit, uh, the expectations are a little bit higher yeah. uh, for, for women you, in the company. You have an additional disadvantage, if you don't mind me sharing, is you're, you're very young in an industry that is also tended to be dominated by people like me who are very old. And a lot and of, so, I've been doing this for 30 years. Listen to what I say. Right, exactly, exactly. And so Pam, how, how about you? Uh, any uh, uh, unique experiences or, or challenges that you feel like you'd like to share? Well, when I, so I'm 56. I could be Ash's mom. Um, when I first started, I was the only female in an industrial fabrication environment in my region. And I can remember being referred to as the fiberglass girl, you know, that fiberglass girl. <laughs> right. And you kind of have to own it, right? Because then I would introduce myself as the fiberglass girl. And right. when I first started working, I called on men. I've always been in sales, regardless if it was a project management or now, you know, looking for uh, consumers of goods, just a little different, but I've always been in sales. When I first started calling, I called on men my dad's age and they wore ties and sat behind a desk. And now I call on people my daughter's age and sometimes they're in uniforms in a power plant. So our industry has done a complete about face to where decision makers no longer wear a tie. You know, they're actually out in the field evaluating and executing. I have to share something with you. So 30 plus years, I've been out peddling corrosive resistant services, products. I was 52 years old the very first time I made an engineering presentation to a group of women. And I'm sitting in this room and it just dawns on me. I look up, there's all women. They're all young women. And I told them that, you know, like this is kind of exciting to me. It's the first time that I've ever had a group of female engineers that I'm presenting to, and I've been doing this for 30 years. Like that's monumental. And there was very little feedback. And I said, go home and tell your mother. So I said that you'll get a little different perspective. And I guess my goal through the years has been, you know, initially, Ash, do you experience this? You have to kind of blend in. And then you have to wait for somebody to have a problem that you can resolve. And then you become part of the team. Yeah, that's it's, my I mean, personal I, experience. Yeah, I, and that, yeah, it goes along with what I was saying earlier as far, I mean, you know, you have to essentially prove yourself to earn the respect. So you need to find a way to, to show that you're knowledgeable and that you can handle yourself in the environment. So yeah, I mean, to that regard, wait until there's an issue and, and then prove that you can handle it and solve the problem. But you can't passively sit there. But no. yeah, absolutely. Well, the way... The way I proved myself when I came into the business, my, my father's belief was, you, you know, unload the trucks and you've proven yourself to me that, uh, that you can stay. Like that was basically his attitude. So has, has your father done that to you? Are you, did you start out just, just breaking your back unloading the trucks? I still do that. <laughs> Listen, the paint's got to get in the door, right? Exactly. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, terrific. And so one of the things, and this may apply more to you, to you, Pam, 
one of the things that's interesting to me is there are opportunities for, for women businesses. And, and it sounds to me like you guys probably do a lot of bid work and maybe some uh, uh, large commercial work where being a woman-owned businesses is an advantage. Do you use any of that to your advantage or is it an advantage in this space? I'm figuring that out right now. Um, so prior to purchasing HPP Industrial, um, I have another company that is still in operation. And 20 years ago, I had a contractor ask me to become certified. He needed me to be woman business certified for a project he was working on. So I went through all the hoopla to get certified. It's not hard. It's just a lot of paperwork. And I maintained that certification for 20 years. And to be honest, I only had one customer who used it. Now with the purchase of HPP, and there is a lot more of annual purchasing that goes on, 12-month bid opportunities. So in the first year with HPP, I um, did the certification process and I think I'm learning. So I feel like I'm getting my feet wet right now. We just this week received a university, they don't call it a purchase order, they call it a contract of purchase. So now I'm in their database and that initiated from a WBE inquiry. So that's like a big exciting thing, although that is exciting. it's not much yet, but, but it's a stepping stone. So I personally am right now trying to figure out what that means. I belong to a lot of women business groups, and I hear that there are great opportunities out there, but we have not quite figured out where we fit in that market, and it's not how we've marketed ourselves to date. But in the year of 2021, we've had two opportunities that specifically opened a door because we were a woman-owned business. I'm curious, the women's networking group, are there other people in in the coatings world in that group, or is that just all outside, just sort of general business networking? I find that when, if I would go to a luncheon and there would be 10 women there, out of the 10, there would be two, maybe three who would be industrial and none of them are coatings. So there could be a general contractor, there could be an industrial property manager, and then me selling coatings. Now, um, it just so happens in my region, in my life as a manufacturer's rep and to date, there has historically been three women's industrial coatings reps in my region. And I find that just ironic because you could go anywhere else in the country and there are zero. And then there were like three right, right here within a four hour drive of me, but they were all pretty good. And it was a good conversation topic because they'd say, do you know Kelly? Oh yeah, I know Kelly. She sells blank. And it, we kind of knew each other, but we're very much competitors in our market. I don't know that that would be common of the industry though. So I'm usually one of two or three in a room. And so Ash, how about, how about you? Are, are you involved in ownership? Is, is woman ownership uh, uh, an opportunity for you guys? I'm not currently involved in ownership, but I am. We're in the process of trying to um, work that out with uh, with gifting shares and, and such. But technically speaking, my mom is 51% and my dad is 49%. So we are woman-owned, and we oh, are wow. also 
in the process of trying to get that certification, we have had some larger contractors, the commercial contractors approach us and ask about getting the certification because they do get jobs that they would be more likely to get if they're, if they had dealers that they were dealing with that were women-owned companies. Um, it comes up, I mean, it's not super often, a couple times a year, but I mean, we'd certainly get on more bids if that was the case. And so it's, it's kind of, it's one of our main goals for this year is to get that done. You know, I mentioned uh, during the prep for this, I was just in uh, Austin this past week. It's, it's hard not to notice uh, the amount of construction going on oh in Austin God. right now, even with my daughter Buckwheat constantly yelling instructions to me from the back of the car where we have to stop and shop and eat. And even with all that, it's, it's hard not to notice what's going on there. So I would think that this is a, a budding opportunity for you guys, right? I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, the, joke, the running joke is that uh, you can't paint the Austin skyline without putting in a couple of cranes. There's always something being built. Yeah. Uh, especially downtown. Um, well, we stayed close by UT and I, I counted nine cranes just within, mm -hmm. you know, a few blocks of, of where Guy and I were staying. It's amazing what's going on oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's constant um, and, you know, we're, we're dipping our toes and we're trying to get more of that uh, commercial market. So, I mean, becoming a woman owned, certified woman owned business is a huge step in the right direction for that. And let's, let's change gears if you don't mind. When, when you guys are doing hiring, is gender something that you think of? Are you looking uh, to add more women to your staff? Is that important to you? because of the experiences you've had or because you want to maybe surround yourself more with uh, women. And, and I am actually thinking uh, as we're, uh, as I'm coming up with this question, I'm, I'm looking at you, Ash, because your stores are, are really different than Pam's. I mean, you're engaging with a lot, a lot of, of female retail customers. Is, is that something that you think about as you're doing hiring? I think about it all the time. I would love to have more women on staff. Um, our biggest problem is that we can't even get people to show up for interviews. So I can't really be selective to be perfectly honest with you. I've, I've heard that actually from a number of dealers over the last couple of weeks that, that staffing is an enormous problem. Pam, same, same question to you uh, with, with a little caveat. I have no idea how, how big your business is in terms of employees. So we're a pretty efficient group. We uh, run our business with eight employees, three of which are female. And I'm probably, you know, I'm the mother of two daughters and I'm the oldest of three girls. So all things equal, I would probably lean towards women just because I think we bring a different perspective. But, you know, I'm a little prejudiced. <laughs> well, fair enough. What would you say, Pam, uh, to a woman? You've, you've recently had this experience of becoming a, an independent paint dealer, it sounds to me, within the last 24 months or so. What would you say to a woman who's thinking about a career change uh, into doing something like, like you and Ash are doing now? I have to confess, by purchasing HPP, it wasn't really like a complete career change for me because I was already in the industry. It just kind of moved me around on the totem pole on what I was responsible for and to. So it is a little bit different because 
maintaining inventory is not something that was ever a concern to me in my past careers because it wasn't my responsibility and I didn't have to do it. So that's a struggle, especially in today's market, because, you know, we're dealing with some shortages and delivery issues and inventory now becomes a monumental issue in running a business like this. So I don't know. I've always been one who was never afraid. And I feel like three times in my life, I totally started careers over one at 35 and one at 55. So I'm not afraid of that. And I don't think anybody else should be. It's kind of business is business. I don't think it really matters what you're doing. I think it's all the same. It's just a different product or a different method of promoting it. But I think business is all the same. I wouldn't hesitate to try something new if the opportunity presented itself. Ash, what about you? Are you as enthusiastic? Would you give that same advice to a woman thinking about getting into the business that it's it's just like any other business come on in? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I think uh, having the knowledge of how to how to run a company, how to run a business is more important. I mean, you can learn the paint. You can learn that stuff. You can hire people around you who know it better than you do. I think, I, yeah, I would tell anyone not to hesitate to jump in. I have a question, and- Ash. Do you tint paint? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, so I was in training to temp paint, and they asked me not to go behind the counter anymore. So I I agree completely. (laughs) They joke and tell me I'm colorblind. So perfect. uh, (laughs) The perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I agree completely. You can always hire somebody to do what your deficits are. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So, Ash, you you had a challenge that I. think I felt like I dealt with early in my career. I also worked for my father, as I mentioned to you a little while ago. When I first came into the business, I would often stand there in the store and people would refuse to deal with me just waiting their turn uh, to talk to my father. And it it took years to overcome that. Did did you have that same experience? You know, um, by the time I, I got in, my dad was already spending more time in, in the back than up front helping customers. My experience actually, you know, a lot of our contractors are also family-owned businesses. And I, the ones who knew who I was, which is certainly not all of them, kind of, I think that, you know, they, they wanted, you know, they want their kids to take over their business. I think they had a little more faith in me. Um, you know, I, I would say uh, a bigger problem is, you know, newer employees thinking it's nepotism and not hard work, which, you know, right. I mean, give them a couple of weeks or, you know, however long and they'll see how hard I work and that, that's okay. We'll get over that um, barrier. But um, as far as contractors and, and customers go, uh, most of the time they were actually pleased to find out that it, it was uh, still a family business. And so what you're saying is it was really just me. They just didn't want to, <laughs> they just didn't want to deal with me. I'm okay I mean, with that. I didn't say it. So uh, let's wrap this up. I've really enjoyed this and, and it's been great to, to listen to your experiences. Ash, is there anything you want to say just as we uh, wrap this up on, on the topic that, uh, at hand or you, you know anything that's come across as a paint deal or anything that's on your mind? Let us have it. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't really have anything else to add. Um, but I appreciate you bringing me on. I think this is a great topic to discuss. I think it's a very relevant topic and one that doesn't, that people don't approach very often. So I appreciate you doing this. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. Pam, last words, all you. 
Oh, I'm just glad to be invited. And it was nice to meet Ash. And I'm excited for a second generation. You know, I, I worked for my dad a long time and we could probably have coffee and share stories. Yeah, I used to tease definitely. with my dad. He was my most expensive part-time employee. <laughs> but that's the goal, right? Yeah. Get him out yep. the door. I paid <laughs> so my father for, for I paid my father for a decade into his retirement. And and my mother used my mother and I would talk about it and I would just say it's just to keep him out of the store. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not really salary, it's more a bribe. Just just stay away, you know. Yeah. Well, we'll, well be listen. watching you, Ash. We want to yeah. see great things. Thank you. It was very nice to meet you too. And, and so uh, Ash Ebo of Clemens Paint in uh, Austin, Texas, home of my loving daughter, Buckwheat, and uh, Pam Schultes, HPP Industrial in Louisville, Kentucky. Thank you both so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time and, and, and your outlook on the industry. It was great to Thanks be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Yes. Thank you.